Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy and Romance and All of the Delicious Places They Overlap. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mm. Today is Thursday, September 17th. I almost said July. <laughs> well, that would have amused Colleen Champagne, <laughs> who always listens for what I say. The sunflowers are blooming in the backyard here. I'll do a picture of those for you guys. I love it when the New Mexico sunflowers are blooming. It's hard to get their glow, but they are just beautiful. And they line the roads here. So today I, is a special day. I'm getting a day off. David said that the other day, that he thought that we should go uh, kayaking. He said, even if he can't, he's been having some trouble with his wrists. But he said that we could take the kayaks and I can take mine out for sure. And I think he knew I was getting a little bit restless, not getting to do fun things. So we decided that we would go on a weekday uh, because the weekends tend to be a little bit crowded at the reservoirs and we don't want, um, you know, of course, to be too close to people. That can be kind of a difficult thing. I am, my mom is texting me. I'm doing my podcast right now, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me text her back. I forgot to tell her good morning when I woke up because I was thinking about heading out on the kayaking. And uh, she was concerned. Doing it as we speak. There we go. And a shout out to Assistant Corrine today because she is... Um, having a surgery. I hope that's not an invasion of privacy, Crane. I don't know if you talked about that on social media, but um, she's at the hospital. Has to be there for a couple nights, but should be a pretty straightforward surgery, we hope. And um, it was funny because I arranged to have some flowers delivered to her. Um, some flowers and chocolates. And then also this little um, stuffed bunny, a blue bunny that's, uh, I guess it's named Miffy, and it's from some sort of children's book. And it turns out that, um, well, first of all, I saw it, and I thought immediately of Kareen because she has Sullivan and Voodoo Doll and Gilbert and the others, and I thought, oh, Kareen would just love, you know, it would be fun to add this little Miffy bunny to her collection, besides which it was cute. And so she was there at the hospital today. Of course, it's much later there. And the front desk said that they had the flowers and the chocolates for her, but they were confused because they weren't sure if the bunny was part of the same uh, delivery. And so she said, so she'd messaged me saying, thank you, and is it? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and it was part of the same delivery. And she said, yeah, Eric, her significant other thought so. And so he went to get it for her, and she got it, so all is well. But uh, I was thinking that they thought that it was 
<laughs> probably not for her because she's a grown woman, you know. <laughs> it's like, clearly they don't know us, that they thought, why would I be sending uh, a grown woman a stuffed bunny? And then it turns out that one of Corrine's favorite childhood books was the, um, oh, I forget what she told me it was called, but it was these mythy stories, and there's one that was Mythy Goes to the Hospital. So now she has realized her childhood dream of having a stuffed bunny doll uh, with her at the hospital, and so I think that's really sweet. So, everyone think good thoughts for Corrine's speedy recovery, where, you know, we love you, Corrine. So, let's see. So, we're going to take the kayaks out. It's beautiful weather, too. So, you know, just really wanting to take advantage of the extraordinarily beautiful weather and try to keep the social distancing going as well. And my mom said there shouldn't be too many folks at Abiq, And yes, that's exactly why we're going today. So, yeah, as soon as I get my podcast posted, we'll be loading up the kayaks and heading out. I'm looking forward to it. I am still closing in on the ending of Dark Wizard. I hit 90,000 words, I think. Shall we look and see? Somewhere in that neighborhood, anyway. Uh, I'm probably, I was adding water to the bird baths and stuff. And to the pond, which keeps going low. <laughs> so now I am sitting down under the grape barber. Yeah, it's supposed to be like 80 at Abiquiu today. So really perfect, perfect weather. And our smoke... We do not, we have like one thin layer of smoke. We're in a nice little, what, eddy? Oh, yeah, I passed 90,000, 9246. I'm thinking it's going to come out around, uh, yeah, I'm guessing like 99 to 101. That's my projection at this point. So, not much more to wind it out. And I just got an email from Editor Jenny today on The Promised Queen. And she says, she asked me to look at the back cover copy, which is different than what we talked about before. You know, a little while back I did a podcast where I mentioned the um, sort of the gendered male gaze, how it turns up in things like catalog copy. And that was what that was, was, you know, giving all acting like the story belongs to the hero, to the male, and not the female, that she's more passive. So I, and I did a blog post on that where I compared that. If I remember, I'll link to it because I think people did find it interesting. So this is the copy that actually goes on the back of the book, what we call the back cover copy, which is a little bit more elaborate than the catalog copy, which is what went out to booksellers when they look at what to stock their bookstores with. So she asked me to look at that, and she said she's nearly done with edits on Promise Queen, and she's loving what I've done so far. So that's really excellent. And... She sounded enthused, so I'll have some cleanup to do on that. I'm going to ask her what her date is for that, because I really do need to switch over and work on this new series, which I'm trying to title 
So if you guys have suggestions uh, for a series title, let me know. I've been referring to it as The Next Generation, which obviously I can't call it that. So I have to title this prequel story, and I have to title the series. And I might just try, try and go ahead and title the books. Because one thing I did yesterday, I ended up doing four-hour sprints because one of my sprints, I ended up going back and forth with Kareen, just sort of um, thrushing out pairings. I had to go through and color code the various characters by who their parents are because I can't have, like, obviously brothers and sisters or first cousins even uh, being in relationships with each other. So I went through to figure out how they might pair up. And, and Karina and I kind of ended up sketching out an overall arc for what will be a four-book series, um, plus the prequel novella. So prequel novella, then four books. And I'm going to try to get them out in rapid succession at the beginning of the year. We'll see how I do. Um, thinking good thoughts for that. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm sorry, I start thinking about the, the plot line stuff. So anyway, I do want it to be a new series name to make it clear that this is a totally new series and really very new characters so that people can step into this without having read any of the 12 kingdoms or uncharted realms so if you have suggestions for a series title i would love to hear them uh, the other thing on my mind this morning is that um <laughs> One thing that's on my mind is that I have to send Amazon proof that I have the rights to publish something. Uh, when we put everything on sale the other day, one of the things I needed to do was to fix the HTML, HTML formatting on the Seasons of Sorcery description on Amazon. Because if you don't use the HTML, it sort of comes out as one big block. So I went in and fixed that, and it, it ended up being enough of a republish that Amazon's bots combed it and then thought wanted to know why I'm publishing stories by the other authors in the books when they have them up as standalones, basically. So I have to provide them proof. And I saw that uh, Grace Draven posted that she needed something very similar for um, Epos King because she has it up on pre-order and she's been serializing it on her blog. So... Uh, something I have to take care of. But I have like five days to do it, and I have all the stuff. I just need to send it. But note to self that that counted as like a republish to Amazon, triggered their little spider crawls. And so uh, I don't know. If I'd known that, would I have done it anyway? Probably not. And then I was emailing with Jennifer Eastep and Amanda Boucher, the Four of us, uh, along with Grace Draven, are going to be doing an event in December, um, online event. That should be fun. I will also be doing an online event on the 26th, so a week from this Saturday. That will be with Maria Vale, Kate Ballinger, and Amanda Boucher. Yeah. So that'll be a fun event. That's with the Love Sweet, Love's Sweet Arrow Bookstore. 
but Jennifer was talking about that she had gotten a comment from a reader, which, you know, it sort of goes, and, and I do have permission to talk about this, that there was, um, she said, I keep waiting for you to mature into use beyond first person and into third person, because I really hate first person voice. And I think it's interesting, you know, and we've talked about this somewhat before, that there are some readers who just hate first-person voice with a violent passion. And it's always been my uh, my theory, I guess, that the people who hate first-person hate it because first-person, if not done well, can be terrible. And I've always thought, well, they just can't deal with, you know, bad first-person, and they don't realize that there's variations in it but jennifer Eastep writes fantastic first person <laughs> and so this person's assumption that it was a, a writerly maturation that was required to move from first to third person though was kind of stunning and i think it's because so much ya is written in first person and i think that's why she's assuming that that it means that like I don't know, maybe she thinks that YA authors are less mature and then they grow up to be adult authors. There's a lot of things to unpack there, and she's clearly, um, I don't know, misguided on a number of things. Uh, and Jennifer replied and said that she doesn't plan to ever write in third person because it feels stilted to her. It feels like it's happening to somebody else. You know, and that's a very much a writer voice thing. Uh, as you guys know, I write in both first and third person, and I can tell you it really depends on the book. Um, in fact, I think I was telling you that, um, what book was it? Some books I slide in and out when I'm first starting them. I don't I don't remember which I'm doing. Um, Dark Wizard I'm writing in third person POV for each character and every once in a while I've slid into first and I've had to go back and undo it but it definitely feels right in third person I don't know why I don't know if I could explain it analytically it just feels right for this particular story um, as you guys know Forgotten Empires is in dual first person uh, which I would not have picked on my own if my editor I uh, hadn't suggested doing it that way, but I ended up liking it. I'm not sure I would do it again. I guess it would depend on the book, right? Uh, the Twelve Kingdoms and Uncharted Realms books are all first person, but I am thinking that for the Next Generation series, we really need to come up with a series title, folks, that it's probably going to be third, but I won't know till I start writing it. However, I'm thinking with as many characters as I'm going to have, there's going to be eight protagonists that are present in all five in all five books. <laughs> Sorry about that. It, it said I was out of storage, um, and it stopped. I don't know why, because I'm clearly not out of storage. It says remaining storage, 25 gigabytes. So why did it stop? I don't know. This app is being weird lately, don't you think? Uh, alas, huh? So anyway, um, POV. So I'm thinking that even though I'll stick to two POVs per book, I may not. 
I may end up going into other ones. It'd be kind of fun to broaden out into other POVs. We'll see what happens. Um, there was another book that I started writing. This is the science fiction romance that um, I'll probably be taking back and finishing and publishing myself. That one started in third person, and I was rather determined to write it in third person for um, for ver- for similar reasons, because I thought that I was going to end up expanding out into multiple POVs, which I think I still will. But after a while, I slid into first person and could get out of it again because it just felt right for that story. So I don't... I. I don't understand the readers who say that they universally hate first person. And in fact, this reader is kind of bizarre in that she says that she writes to Jennifer and says, I love your books and read all of your books, but I'm waiting for you to mature into third person because I hate reading first person. Well, clearly she doesn't hate reading first person enough to not read Jennifer's books, right? So I don't know. It's, it's a kind of a weird stance to take to me um at the same time i will say that i don't really love books written in second person and i have bounced off of books written in second person because i think there's good reasons to do it sometimes um now that i know more about nk jemison's um fifth season and the other books in that series that book's the first book starts out in second person, and I read some of it, and second person always reads to me as precious. It reads to me as a literary posture, um, you know, because it just sounds so much, much more literary if you write it in second person. Um, I also don't like command language, and I, I react to that with a little bit of skin crawl you do this you do that you feel this way and it's like oh um, actually i don't and i won't that's me being stubborn <clears throat> but now that i know that nk jemison actually goes between three different povs and this spoiler if you don't want to know this i read it in that big article i think um leslie penelope mentioned the same thing it made me want to read the books or give it another try so cover your ears for just a second if you don't want to know. But all three POVs are actually the same person at different stages of their life, which I think sounds kind of brilliant. Of course, N.K. Jemison is brilliant. So I might try it again. But that's my usual reaction to a second person. And maybe that's how some readers feel about first person. I don't know. So anyway, I need to ask Jenny when she's going to want edits back on Promised Queen. Maybe they won't be much, but definite priority has to go to getting the uh, anthology story written. If only so Leslie Penelope won't be stressed. (laughs) But I actually know what the story is going to be now. I have a pretty clear idea of what's going to happen in this story, so that's cool. And I'm taking notes with me today, so I can kind of brainstorm and noodle. So, on that note, I am going to get this posted so that we can head out. I hope that you all get to do something special and fun today. You get to enjoy our autumn weather, wherever you are. And, yeah, and that uh, Corrine 
you you do well. You go kick ass. Kick them, Dr. Asses. All right. Uh, first cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. You can find other podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.